now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, you're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe, brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance and mortgages, Denise and Lori are the people to talk with. Just visit cfax1070.com and look under Shows to find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. There you'll find their contact information, or you can always find me online or on social media as well. And the other thing that every once in a while I do forget to tell listeners is a reminder that I, too, am a local professional, a real estate agent. So if you have real estate-related questions or are curious about the uh, the market or thinking of buying or selling, you could always give me a call. I love this job here at CFAX, but my number one job is helping people buy and sell real estate. My number is 250-370-7788, but you'll find me everywhere on social media. Today we're having a telephone show. We'll be speaking with Tina Mack, realtor from Vancouver and founding president of the Vancouver chapter of the Asian Real Estate Association of America. Plus, for the very first time, we'll be having a chat with one of our listeners who called in this week. He's got a great story to tell us. So instead of starting off with our um, listener call, we're going to get to that in a few moments. But on the air right now, we have, of course, one of our show sponsors, Denise Webster. Denise, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tony. Good to be here. Hey, Denise, the reason why I wanted to chat with you today is that I've had a couple of people, a couple of clients actually recently ask me about refinancing. And um, the big question that they have is, is it easy or difficult? Can you walk us through the process a little bit? Well, I too am seeing a lot more refinancing. And I think that's a big part of um, we've seen such um, large increases in the values of our property. And um, borrowers and homeowners are now realizing they have a lot more equity in their home and do want to tap into that. So the, a refinance, just to make it really clear and simple, is when you um, you change your existing mortgage early before the renewal date, before the maturity date. So you're going to disrupt the existing mortgage and you're going to uh, possibly add new funds and increase your mortgage. So that's a refinance. And for most part, what people are looking to do when they refinance is usually um, they're pulling out a, a certain amount of equity in order to pay out some existing debts uh, and, and maybe just have their mortgage payment as their only, if you want to call it a debt, their only monthly payment. Yeah, and get so rid of any, so yeah, an example, example, for instance, would be like if there's a number of credit cards that have higher, higher interest, um, uh, interest rates, right? Exactly. Yeah. The, the credit cards, the line of credits, sometimes even maybe a car loan that they just paid too high of a rate for. Mm-hmm. Um, another good reason to refinance is maybe when they originally did their mortgage, they did have a higher rate. Um, maybe their credit was, wasn't as good when they got their original mortgage and they've improved their credit. Um, there's other reasons to refinance before the maturity date because just circumstances may have changed. Um, and in order to pull out that existing equity, you still, you're going to qualify again. And like I said, in this case, maybe your credit's better, so you're going to qualify for a better rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're saying here the qualification, so they would need to go through the qualification process. Um, basically, it's like writing a new loan, right? You betcha. Yep, you're going to change that mortgage amount, so you're going to be changing the registration of the mortgage on title, so that's going to require you to go through the legal uh, and register the mortgage again with the new mortgage amount. So the cost to the refinance is usually those new legal fees to um, disrupt the existing mortgage, so maybe a penalty as well. Mm-hmm. You've got to look into that first to make sure that refinance makes sense. You're not triggering a, 
a nasty penalty with your existing lender, um, and then possibly look at a new lender for a new rate or uh, the existing lender. We can add new funds with the existing lender and, and maybe save some of those uh, penalties and fees. Well, that's another really good question or a good point as well. Is people often figure that a refinance means having to switch banks and have to oh, deal yeah. with that, uh, that um, penalty, right? So what you're yeah. saying is maybe look at their existing bank, right? Exactly. We're never going to see those full penalties waived. I think that's a bit of a myth out there. A lot of people think, oh, my lender's going to waive the penalty if I come back. Quite often, we won't see that penalty but, um, waived. But we'll see a re- reduction in the existing fees. If you were to just cancel that mortgage and move, you might see what's called a reinvestment fee or a um, discharge fee. So sometimes those small amounts can be uh, waived or a a small um, discount can be applied if you return back to the existing lender. That's something I always look into first before refinancing and look at the existing lender to see if there's anything we can do to save by staying there and just simply adding those new funds and re-registering the mortgage. Well, and here's another question for you, because now we're talking about a penalty, like when you you break your existing mortgage or, Mm -hmm. or you shift over and you have this penalty. People often ask me, and I'm sure they ask you all the time, why is there a penalty? Like, why would the bank say, you've got to pay uh, whatever it is, three months interest or interest rate differential or whatever? Gosh, we should should do a talk on this one (laughs) at some point. But in a nutshell, um, almost any time you uh, disrupt a closed mortgage, whether it be a fixed or a variable rate, if it's a closed mortgage, which almost every mortgage is, um, the only reason you'd ever be in in an open mortgage is if something you knew you were going to be closing uh, or selling that property very quickly because there won't be a penalty, but you're starting with a much higher rate in an open mortgage. Mm-hmm. So we're dealing with closed well, and, mortgages. And let's define closed, a closed so mortgage. Closed is a term. You've got a fixed five-year term. Maybe it's a one, two, three, or four-year term, but it's closed. So the investor behind those mortgage funds is counting on a certain amount of time to um, for their return of investment. So in a fixed rate, they can quite easily calculate the return on investment for that mortgage. And in a variable rate, obviously, it's not a simple calculation because that is a floating rate. Um, But I think the one thing I'd really like to instill in uh, borrowers out there to understand is the biggest difference between a fixed and a variable rate when it comes to the penalty is that by law through the Interest Act, a variable or a floating rate mortgage can only ever be charged uh, three months interest to break that five-year term. Mm. So you'll only see a three-month interest penalty. So that's something that can be very, very appealing in a variable rate mortgage if you don't have a five-year crystal ball yes. of, you know, where is this, this mortgage going to take me? Uh, the fixed rate is also really appealing for people if they do know that they want to stay in that five-year term and they're not going to disrupt it and they know their payments won't change. But with a fixed rate, this is where we hear the term interest rate differential. Mm-hmm. And that's where the lender is going to calculate the interest lost over the remaining term at the point of time when you break that term of the mortgage. So let's just say you had three years left in your mortgage when you decided to refinance. That existing lender is going to look at your current rate. Then they're going to look at the current uh, the rate that you had on your original mortgage then they're going to look at their current rate of remaining term. So we said three years, so they're going to look at their current three years. And they're going to calculate a loss of interest between their existing rate they gave you and their now current rate when you break it. It's a little hard to understand, something I definitely well, take time to show my borrowers. Well, so basically what it is is the lender saying, hey, listen, you signed up for five years. You promised that you would make these payments, and this is what we expected. You know, the lender expected to, to generate X amount from interest rates. And because of the fact that you're leaving, you know, three-fifths of the way through, we expect to get something back, right? Exactly. In a nutshell, that's it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what, how they, um, the one thing that's good to know is that it's not governed. Um, how the banks, how the mono lines, the um, trust companies and our non-banks calculate those penalties, the interest rate differential, varies. No. So this is something you really want to work with your broker to understand the mortgage you're in, what could be a possible penalty, and how do they calculate it. More and more of our non-bank lenders are actually putting that in their mortgage commitments and showing you the calculation they use if you were to break your five-year fixed term. So that's a really important thing for your broker to be discussing with you. Um, If you don't have that clear five-year crystal ball and you think you could disrupt that term at some point. Well, and I don't want to scare all the listeners to death here. Uh, And and I'm sure you've seen things like this before, but I had a client uh, who did, and at the time, I think they signed, they had those 10-year or even longer terms, right? Yeah, uh, and their penalty was t- something like twenty-one or twenty-two thousand dollars. Yikes! Yep. Yeah. Uh, and especially a ten-year. Um, the one key thing to know about a ten-year is if you break it before that five-year term of of the ten, before you've served five years of the ten. Mm-hmm you could be paying a really big penalty because that, you know, say you've only served three years of it, you're calculating interest lost over the next seven years. Serving. So, so it kind of sounds like you're in prison. Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, Anyways. There is one silver lining on that. Once you've passed the five years of your 10 year, yeah. you'll only see three months interest after that. Oh, so a lot awesome. of people that were in 10 years should look at maybe refinancing now for if they've already served five years. I've done quite a few of those refinances, and they sure look nice. They've saved, I've saved a lot of people some interest. Good point. Well, listen, um, you know, we could always talk a lot longer, Denise. I know. Um, <laughs> listeners can find Denise's contact information on our website because she's one of our show sponsors. And as you can hear, she is an expert here. So thanks for joining us, Denise. Uh, we're, Thank you so much. We'll have you back on here as you always are. Sounds great. Thanks, Tony. Great. And for everyone else, we're going to take a quick little break here. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, you're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We just had online our show partner, Denise Webster, talking about refinances, refinancing, and also uh, penalties on your interest rate. I didn't have a chance to uh, give her contact information uh, because she's always got so much great stuff that uh, we could talk for hours, literally. Just a reminder to all our listeners here that you can find her on the cfax1070.com website. Just look under Shows, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. You'll find her contact information right there. She is, she is amazing to work with. If you're thinking of refinancing or have any sort of question regarding mortgaging or banking, give her a call. She, she's just wonderful. Uh, the other thing, too, is if you are scrambling for your pens and paper, uh, trying to take notes about things like the interest rate differential and all these other things she talked about, uh, don't you worry, because we will be on the CFAX 1070 website uh, in due course here. You can always find our past shows on the website, or you can download our podcast, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. You'll find that on iTunes or Google, uh, uh, Google Play. Um, anyways, we always have letters, uh, emails, uh, messages from listeners who ask us about real estate-related things. Uh, today is a little different because I, I had a phone call, actually, last week uh, from a fellow who wanted to chat with me. I uh, had a quick conversation, and I thought, you know, let's get him on air because he's got a great story to tell. Uh, so on the air, on the line with us right now is Don. Don, thanks for joining us. Welcome, Tony. Pleased to be here. Yeah. Now, Don, I just want to make this clear here for all of our listeners. We have never met face-to-face, so we don't we don't know each other, right? <laughs> Absolutely. 
absolutely not. Yeah, no, I thought I'd point that out as well, Tony. I've got no skin in this game. So oh. Good. Well, and that's what makes this whole segment here so much more fun because who knows where it's going to go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, so let's just uh, preface this here. Um, you gave me a call and you started telling me a story. So tell us, tell us what we had chatted about for a quick couple of moments. Sure, Tony. Um, actually, I called you because uh, you were asking for different ideas, I think, on air. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, I'm, I'm basically retiring. I'm kind of in transition right now. But I, I realized I had a passion for real estate when I was in my early 20s. And uh, still living with mom and dad over in the Oaklands area, I actually bought my first house. And uh, it was kind of different. I, um, I was dating a young lady, and uh, her brother-in-law actually was a contractor up in Nanaimo. And we were up there visiting and I uh, was working for a grocery chain at the time, so, uh, you know, the job was good, and I was uh, making good money, and the banks loved me because of the uh, steady income. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you were still living at home. Exactly. And, yeah. and how it worked out was I originally thought, well, I should do something with my savings. So we went up there, and I at first thought I'd buy a lot. And then um, the uh, fellow said, well, I'm having uh, an issue with this one house. I'm having trouble selling it. Why don't you buy that? And then uh, I'll look after renting it out for you. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, that's how I got going. And the short story is, still with mom and dad in the Oakland's area, uh, after about three, I think it was about three or four years, I had three houses on the go. And then dad turned to me and said, Don, it's time to move out. You're doing well. (laughs) See you later. And uh, You had more houses than him. moved into yeah. one of the houses and and I just kept working on them and, and fixing them up and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I, uh, I realized early, Tony, I really had a passion for real estate. And one thing I did have going for me back then was I was far younger. I was in my 20s. So, I mean, I could afford to, you know, basically fall flat on my face and still recover. Unlike, <laughs> unlike right now, I got to, I got to watch my P's and Q's now with my money. Cause, uh, so, so, so again, you were in your 20s and actually when I talked with you over the phone it's not like you studied up about real estate like today of course people go online they read books and it's like how do I buy real estate and it's all about real estate you kind of you kind of fell into this right I did. I did fall into it, but it's kind of like finding your niche, Tony. It just felt right, and uh, maybe it was my upbringing, but I, what would you say, I'm the the kind of fellow that looks at, uh, for my investments, I look for imbalance. And so when, you know, we first came to Victoria here, I thought all the real estate was underpriced. Mm -hmm. And I thought, given my age, there is, uh, what would you say, very, it'd be hard to lose money on real estate here in Victoria. You might buy too soon, but in the long run, you can't go wrong. Ooh, that's nice. We have to write that one down. Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's what would you say, Tony? It's a simple fact. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, uh, I I don't know. It just felt right buying mm. and and a lot of the properties I first got into. I mean, again, I just saw them as imbalanced. They were undervalued in my okay. In my equa- yeah, in my <laughs> equation where I. Uh, I, I would look down the road, and I, when I say down the road too, Tony, I'm, I'm talking like 10 or 15 years. And so when I bought these places, I actually envisioned what they would be worth or what I could produce in 10 or 15 years, and away I went. Okay, so, so i got a couple of questions for you here. So this is a number of years ago. So we're talking, um, I mean, can we say it? It was like 40 years ago? It, it would have to be. I'm 63 now. Okay. So let's say if I bought my... Yeah. Oh, I had a couple at least by the age 23. So, yeah, 40 years is bang on, Tony. Okay, so how much would your first house have been? The first house I paid 38. Okay, $38,000. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
Now, now, th- now, what's really important for listeners and people in real estate right now to consider because of the fact that the average price for a house right now is somewhere around 800000 Now, I think it's really important to point out to people, $38,000 for you back then 40 years ago, I mean, that was not a small amount, right? A lot of sleepless nights, Tony. I'll, I'll, I'll be frank with the audience here. I, um, as I said, with my job, I was able to get quite a bit of credit. And when I mean credit, I had charge cards. And back then, I had four of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I first got going, so to speak, I was going backwards. And I was robbing Peter to pay Paul, <laughs> renting out these places. I mean, it was like, oh, I don't know. I couldn't do it now, Tony. I don't have the uh, nerves. But back then, it kind of made sense to me, and 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 that's how I got going until I got uh, you know my head above water. Then you know the rest is history. Okay. Now, did you have any financial help? Did your parents help you out? Did anybody else help you with the down payment or anything? Nothing. No, not a nickel. Not a nickel, Tony. Nothing. But what I I got to thank mom and dad for bringing me up with the idea of. Oh, I don't know. Just use your foresight, so to speak, and believe and, and follow your passion or your dream. And that did serve me well. Yeah. And so and since that time, you told me you've had like seven houses or something, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I presently, uh, what have I got now? Four. I think I've got four left here right now. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it's now, what would you say? You know what? Actually, I just want to point out to the listeners, too. Why, I think why I got going this way is I really appreciated free time. Okay. My drift. You know, after, you know, we got to look after our health, of course, but then, you know, time is so precious. And what I've realized over the years, the successful people interpret time differently. Ah, yes. You see what I'm getting at? How true. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, my buddies back then, Tony, was in my 20s. I mean, you know. They they weren't buying houses back then, right? They looked at me like I was nuts. Okay. Totally over the top. You're crazy. But, uh, you know, slowly but surely, it kind of fell into place. But it wasn't wasn't a surprise to me. I could see it coming. And as I said earlier, it's all about uh, seeking that opportunity of imbalance and and knowing where the balance is going to come. Well, so so I, I, I want to wrap up here by, by pointing out a few things. So the, the first thing is, like we said, I mean, you were younger. Houses were cheaper back then. I'm thinking that your salary was probably a lot less than what salaries are today, right? Absolutely. Um, the other thing is you also weathered the storm of when the economy, uh, well, the economy has gone up and down several times in the 40 years that, that, uh, that you've owned homes too, but you're still around. Absolutely, Tony. The economy, I'll just jump in here quickly. To me, the economy is like elevator music. The elevator goes up and down, you know, automatically, so to speak, and the economy is just the music in the background. (laughs) If you you believe in Canada, in particular to Victoria, you can't go wrong. Well, that's another quote I'm going to have to write down here, Don. So, so the, I, I guess, I guess the reason why we were talking, I want to have you online, is there's always that conversation out there about how difficult it is to buy real estate, and affordability is a factor in the region here. There's no question that real estate is very expensive in Victoria. I got to say though that when you bought back then, 40 years ago, it was already expensive relative to the rest of the country. This is nothing new, right? It wasn't easy, Tony. Yeah. I mean, you know, I uh, I appreciate the prices today, but here again, I'll just say it. When I see the prices of today, they it's what would you say? It's not where we're going, in my opinion. Okay, so you could say the prices here right now they're undervalued. If you go to you know say twenty years down the road, yeah. the whole trick is to get your foot in the door and and, and honor your commitment. Well, hey, uh, to our listeners, listen listen to somebody who's done it. 
And uh, if you are a parent or grandparent who are thinking that your 20-year-old kids need to start thinking about this, uh, I think Dawn's a great uh, example of what could happen in 40 years. Thanks for joining us, Dawn. I really appreciate the call. No problem, Tony, and I appreciate uh, participating here, and good luck to you all. Great. Just a reminder to our listeners as well, if you have a question, just like Dawn or something that you want to bring up, just get in touch with us, visit us on the website. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, you're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. The show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services, Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorin, insurance manager for Island Savings. These are two great experts. If you have any questions about home insurance or mortgages, by all means, get in touch with them. They'll help you out. You can find their contact information and mine, too, on the CFAX 1070 websites, www.cfax1070.com. Look under shows, and you'll find us, the whole home show with Tony Joe, with their contact information, or you can always... Get in touch with me as well, too. We have had our telephone show today. We had Denise Webster on a little earlier talking about refinancing and about uh, interest rate differential and penalties and all of these things. Plus, we just heard from one of our listeners who called in to tell us his story about how he started buying real estate 40 years ago at the age of 24 while he was still living in his parents' home. Uh, And I thought that was an inspirational story uh, for anyone who has a 20-year-old or so who maybe hasn't thought about buying real estate. Uh, Real estate is expensive in Victoria. There's no question there. It was expensive when Don bought 40 years ago. It has ended up being a great investment for him uh, seven houses later. It is expensive in Victoria. Could you imagine what it's like in Vancouver? And on the air with us right now, we have my friend from the Vancouver real estate market, Tina Mack. Tina, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Tony, for having me. Yeah, now I need to introduce you because this is very important that our listeners know you are not only an agent who's been selling for 25 years now. You're with Coldwell Banker in uh, in Vancouver. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read out your list here because it's kind of long. Um, top elite 100 women uh, of Canada in real estate uh, professional magazine 2016 international committee chair for ARIA which is the area uh, sorry Asian Real Estate Association we'll talk about that in a moment Uh, Inman uh, top 100 most influential real estate leaders in 2012 and 2013 that's an international um, organization uh, which means a lot you uh, received the Canadian Ambassador Award for Coldwell Banker in 2011 and 13. Um, you're a medallion award winner uh, in the Vancouver Real Estate Board. You're also the co-host of uh, AM 1320 Radio uh, Investment Show, uh, which you've had me on before as well. Yes. Yes, so you're no stranger to radio here. Uh, you are a public speaker. You've spoken uh, in uh, here in Canada and in the States. Uh, you are a member of the Canadian Real Estate Association's uh, International Committee, which is now the Global Committee, which which I'm a member of. Uh, and finally, you are the founding president of the Asian Real Estate Association of America's Vancouver chapter. Uh, I happen to be the president now. I'm your successor. I had big shoes to fill. Yes. Yeah. No. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, so anyways, that's a really long list. Uh, Tina. Tell us, what's going on in Vancouver? Now, we've talked about Vancouver before. Uh, Obviously, the uh, foreign buyer tax came in last August. Um, Give us your take. What's happened? Uh, As I uh, predict last year, uh, because 
when it came uh, the 15% when they kicked in is it was in my opinion it was a political uh, move right. and our market was actually literally uh, switch uh, shift after the Mother's Day last year in May. So it was already so coming they, down, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. when they kicked in that 15%, the market already has slowed down. But wonderfully, the governments, they take credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so as I predict, our market will survive. And then I predict that it, at that time, it was like between six to nine months. And uh, literally, when I was saying that, you know, before the next elections, like already gone now, and we have a new government now, and our market in Vancouver will rebound. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if we went to 2008 with a global uh, issue, you know, economic crisis, Mm -hmm. and then Vancouver market rebound after six to eight or nine months, uh, this is just a little hiccup. And so I did not expect this to last too long. And uh, now our market, with all the statistics show up, uh, you know, like report from the real estate board, yes, our market. Oh, is so that was that's a really good point. So what you're saying is, if we, if the Lower Mainland, Vancouver, even Vancouver Island, if we manage to weather the 2008 economic downturn, then surely we'd be able to to deal with the uh, the foreign investor tax. That's exactly what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, 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 so right now today, because this is months later, right? What's going on? I do not. I personally do not think the new government will make any uh, impact uh, or can do anything about our market because our market is very mature now. I have heard, you know, like investors or buyers or even agents ourselves say, "Oh, now we have the new government. We don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty." We want to wait and see and things like that. In my opinion, I do not think the new governments can do anything. Our market is so mature to the point that it really, nothing we can do about it. Mm-hmm. And the labor cost is so expensive just between last year and this year. It went up so you know, tremendously. Like as far as I know, uh, you know, good in constructions. Last year, yes. it was like $180, $200 a square foot. This year, it's already at $280 a square foot. Yes. So you imagine because of that, and then the land value is so expensive. So, I mean, unless the government is willing to, uh, you know, do something with the land or simplify the rezoning process and things like that, or else, you know, it's simply just impossible for them to, you know, to do anything uh, that will dramatically uh, change our market. And, you know, unless we all of a sudden have air polluted, you know, air pollution, <laughs> yeah. you know, our mountain and ocean disappeared. Okay. You, know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to be really that dramatic before something will happen to to uh, B.C. Yeah. So so what you, so what you're saying is the the efforts to to control or curb or, or help with affordability. It's not an easy solution. It is absolutely not an easy solution to any prime city in the world. Mm-hmm. This is not just a Vancouver problem. Mm-hmm. This is the prime city in the world. Oh, okay, oh, okay. actually, difficult. hold on a sec here, Tina. Let's bring this up here right now because I've never brought this up on my show yet. Uh, t- tell us about what a prime city is. I know what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, give us an example of prime cities. Well, the prime city uh, basically is like, well, I think it's very simple that I, can, I want to mention something. Um, in look at U.S. 
how big U.S. is with 50 states. Mm -hmm. You look at how big China is, Mm -hmm. okay, and then Canada. Obviously, when Canada compared to, you know, U.S. and China, we're pretty small, okay? But if people, they talk about going to U.S., what city do they talk about as a foreign investor? New York, Manhattan. Right? So you talk about New York, L.A., you know, San Francisco, you know, Boston, because of the Harvard, yeah. you know, even Seattle is, is, is a second tier city. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and, and then when you talk about people, they go to China, I want to go to China and, and, and check things out. What are they talking about? It's only <laughs> Beijing and Shanghai. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and then, you know, like right now you got Shenzhen and you got Guangzhou, you know, but then the thing is that mainly people, if they haven't, have never been to China, they will say, okay, I want to go to Beijing and Shanghai first. Before they will talk about going to Shenzhen or Guangzhou, those places, right? Yeah. And then in Vancouver, uh, no, sorry, in Canada, yeah. you only talk about basically, mostly, is Vancouver and Toronto. Correct. You know, probably is Alberta as well. But if you look at this, these are all prime city and include, you know, then, then we also talk about London. You talk about Hong Kong, Paris, and then Paris, yeah, Sydney, and then Sydney. Yeah. You know, like uh, not even Melbourne. You know, well, yeah, you can talk about Melbourne as well. So all all this, you know, like for for England, you know, this you know, great countries. Also, you only talk about London. You mm-hmm. don't talk about Liverpool. You don't talk about Manchester unless you talk about the soccer game, yes. right? Yes. So so in that case, you know, if you want to come to North America and if you want to come to Canada. You only basically two major city is Vancouver and Toronto. Now, why is it Toronto still cannot compete with Vancouver? Because Vancouver has over a hundred direct flights every week going to Asia. Mm-hmm. You know, so, or closer, so with, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And and then the the Toronto market, you will have a lot of European going over there because it's it's easier from Paris, you know. Mm-hmm. To go to to uh, Toronto, yeah. and and so because of that, you know, like the fifteen percent or any any government Intervention. interventions yeah. will not be able to do anything except they will just get more money for the government. Okay, hey, listen, to, that's yeah. th- there's a lot of great stuff here, but we got to take a break. We're gonna we're on the line right now with Tina Mack from Coldwell Banker in Vancouver, talking about. Uh, Vancouver Real Estate, and she's going to come back for our next segment. Uh, We're going to take a quick little break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, you're joining us on The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking about everything real estate. Right now on the line we have from Vancouver, Tina Mack, who is from Cold Banker Westburn Realty. Uh, we want to get right into it here because she's got so much great content. We were just talking about Vancouver being a prime city. We're talking about government intervention, uh, the foreign buyer tax, and a few other things. Uh, Tina, thanks again for joining us. My pleasure. So I guess what you're saying is Vancouver is a prime city, just the same way that Paris, London, Sydney, Manhattan, uh, Los Angeles are. And as you know, just to recap, what you were saying is in Canada. Really, only there's Toronto and Vancouver. Yes, and I don't want to exclude Alberta. Yes. Alberta right now is going through some, you know, difficult time, and then we believe that, and even not, you know, like even Albertans, they believe that, you know, it takes another three to five years before they can, you know, like recover. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to agree that it's going to happen. I mean, Alberta is a strong economy, Absolutely. and that will happen, right? Absolutely. 
Yeah. yeah. So, so going back a couple of steps, because we were talking about the fact that you foresaw the, f- the fact that the foreign investor tax wasn't going to make a difference. It hasn't right now. I mean, we've looked at the numbers. The average house price in Vancouver is higher now than it ever has been, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, except the, uh, the detached home has gone down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the thing is, we have to understand, you know, any statistics that show up is, is the average price, right? Yes. So the average price, if, if the luxury home... Um, if they're, if, if they're sell. selling fewer luxury homes and the that's average comes right, down. That's right. So the average down a little bit. But, yeah. you know, like as, as many people know or heard, our condo market, um, you know, like duplexes, townhomes, you know, as, a lot, as long as they're attached, attached property, mm-hmm. they're all going like crazy with multiple offer situation. Yeah. So, so tell us now, because I know that you deal, I mean, obviously you deal with a lot of foreign investors. You are the founding uh, chairperson of the Asian Real Estate Association's uh, Vancouver chapter. Um, when that tax came in, like, did you have many clients that ended up having to pay that? Yes. In oh. fact, uh, my clients from U.S., from California. Ah, yeah. they, they came here for a very obvious reason. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, actually, before we, we continue, I, I mean, I know this, but I should ask this question of you so our listeners can know. Uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, the presumption is, hey, you're Tina Mac. All of your clientele is Chinese. That's not true, right? Not true. Not true. Yeah. 25 years ago when I first got into the business, I decided not to focus in Chinese. Yes. Because, you know, I mean, I moved here. This is going to be my home. At the, you know, like I decided this is going to be my home. I'm going to grow my roots here. Yes. So it's no point just to work with Chinese. I got to make sure that I work with the mainstream. Yeah. And so besides that, yeah. and uh, I start to work more and more in the, you know, on the international referral basis. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, U.S. has been uh, very strong or was very strong prior to 2008. Mm-hmm. In uh, Vancouver, they're very significant investors in Vancouver yes. prior to 2008. Okay. So they're coming back. Yeah. Because oh, oh, of the weak Canadian dollars, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because there's a, there's a 30% lift for them right now. Their dollar goes a long way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So even with the 15% tax that they have to pay, they're still 15% ahead. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's yeah. a, that's a great point, right? So yes. so now people are paying this tax. I mean, obviously it's not something anyone looks forward to, but they just know it's just a it's just a fact of doing business right now, right? Absolutely. And then right now, since Toronto has you know the same thing, a copycat of what we're doing, mm-hmm. and a lot of this, you know, like they they said, you know, on the media, uh, often they say, okay, because Vancouver is doing this, that's why all the investors or speculators they went down to Toronto, and now Toronto has this, so you know, if they have to pick and choose, mm-hmm. they still come back here. Ah, oh, I see. Yeah, because this is the thing: if it's not if it's not Vancouver and it's not Toronto, where is it going to be? Right. Exactly. And then well, they did talk about Seattle, and Seattle right now is you know. Is this discussing about this fifteen percent tax too? You know, so so this, you know, and 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 seriously, um, this is the government money. Now, if the government take all this money, and and then they will become, you know, they will do a lot of affordable housing things. You know, all good, mm-hmm. all good. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. But how long is it going to take them? Yeah, that has you know, less to be seen too. Hey, there's there's exactly. an, there's another point that's come up a couple times where where people have said, all right, well, a, a foreign buyer is ha- not happy, but they will pay the fifteen percent uh, foreign buyer tax um, as a as a fact of doing business. But when it comes time for them to resell, maybe five years or ten years or maybe even just a year from now, 
it is likely they're going to try to recover that 15% that they paid on the house when they resell. So <laughs> so in a way, it, it's, it is not helping that affordability at all. If anything, it's going to escalate Absolutely. prices. Absolutely. I always said this tax, any tax, yeah. not this tax, but any tax, the vacancy tax, the Airbnb, they have to you know get those uh, uh, extra money to get a permit and all that kind of stuff. Any tax is not helping. Mm-hmm. Uh, any you know local uh, in return in, in regards to the affordability. Even if they talk about this Airbnb, you have to you know get a license. Okay, mm-hmm. so you know like I know I jumped you know topics, but then you know any of these things is. You know, like subconscious, not subconsciously, you basically the government saying, that, okay, as long as you give me money, you're legal. You can do Airbnb. Oh. You give me the 15%, mm. okay, you can buy whatever. So uh, does it really help tenants who is already paying high rent here? Yeah. Does, uh, it- does it really help local people that, you know, already paying, you know, a lot of money, you know, for, you know, can, can it be, become more affordable to local people? I don't know. Well, really but but it circles us back to the whole conversation about supply because it's it's Absolutely. doing nothing to add supply. I mean, there's been that whole argument about well, these condos shouldn't be Airbnb; they should be in the rental stock, you know, in mm-hmm. in a marketplace. But but the problem with both of our marketplaces, Vancouver and Victoria, is we're behind in building new rental inventory. Absolutely, right now in Vancouver, the pre-sale, every single pre-sale comes out. Yep. You have lines of people. And there's not enough inventory to feed the de- demand. Mm. And so, you know, like each project comes out a couple hundred. Okay, some smaller would frame the probably 150 units. And then to the high rises, you know, three, 400 units or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And you always have more people uh, than units. to get into that than, than the units. So, you know, like, you know, and and we already, I think we're already a little bit better. But if you talk about in Toronto, you know, from the day you acquire the land, the day that you can start, you know, dig the ground, you know, brick the ground, that is like eight years apart. Yeah, it's a long time. Eight years apart. We're online right now with Tina Mack uh, from Coldwell Banker Westburn Real Estate in Vancouver, also the founding president of the Asian Real Estate Association in Vancouver. Uh, speaking of which, Tina, uh, we need to talk, to talk about the Asian Real Estate Association. Um, I have been a member now for a, a number of years. I am the current president of the Vancouver chapter following mm-hmm. uh, after your development of it. Um, let's tell the listeners about what ARIA is. Uh, ARIA is a very uh, great uh, education and networking platform for our local, our BC realtors, mm-hmm. and who would like to tap into, you know, like a referral business. Like you and I, you know, have been doing some referral business, and and if it wasn't because of this associations, we wouldn't know each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, so referral is very important in our business. And then clients also would like to, you know, uh, their realtors in their local market and refer them to work with somebody in another market that's just with someone that they can trust. Yeah. So it helps, you know, and, and you know, we'll take extra care yeah. of their clients. So, so I should then, I should clarify yeah. for the listeners here, what that what that really means is if you um, if if you have if you are thinking of, say, buying a property in, let's say, Phoenix, Arizona. We had Dan Gonin from Remax uh, online a, a couple of weeks back. 
if you were thinking of buying in Phoenix, how do you find the right realtor there? I mean, you could look it up online. You can uh, uh, go driving around open houses. A great way to do it is to ask your at-home realtor. So to ask me or to ask Tina, hey, do you know someone in Phoenix, Arizona? And and that's what that connection is. So this is right. this is what Aria is, right? Yes. Yeah, this is absolutely what ARIA is. And at ARIA, we, we have a very strong education platform to educate our agents. You know, like uh, we, we bring uh, American agents here and network with the Canadian, you know, uh, realtors. And then the realtors, Canadian realtors, will go to U.S. We have 57 chapters, 17,000 members, mm-hmm. and uh, two chapters in Canada, one here, one in Toronto, and the rest is in, in U.S., so you know, like U.S. and China, uh, and and Canada, there is you know is 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 inseparable. Doesn't yeah. matter what the political view is, we're inseparable, and uh, we have so many snowbirds going down south, and then we also have a lot of Americans come up here because of our beautiful weather and because of the uh, the currency. Uh, as foreign investors, they, a lot of them they have you know what they play is the currency. Yeah, the currency is very important to them. So at the moment, why are we so strong? It's because of the currency situations and a lot of the local Vancouver uh, homeowners who has been owning the properties for like 30, 40 years when they pay five figures, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the property to now selling seven figures. And so then they will go to Victoria mm-hmm. and, and buy in Victoria. So, you know, like if we know more of you in Victoria, not that I want to take away you know, your business, <laughs> Thank you. Tony, yeah. but, you know, like in any of the Victoria it's- agents. It's Come a, out and network with us. It's a global conversation here, right? So, so as we as we wrap up here, okay. First of all, uh, Aria Vancouver, our chapter, because uh, people need to know it's the Asian Real Estate Association of America's Vancouver chapter. Do you need to be Asian to be part of this? Absolutely not. You can be any <laughs> any color, okay? Any ethnicity. And and how? I mean, we've said so before. More than half of our membership is non-Asian. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and mind you, mind you, it's like for example, like in Florida, you know, they are dying to have a lot of Asians to go and buy there because they're talking about direct flights going from Asia to uh, to Florida. And Miami's and, building you know, their a Chinatown. They're building oh, a Chinatown. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So there, they have a chapters over there. I mean, ninety percent of them, they are not Asian. Yeah. <laughs> they're Latin Americans. Listen, one one thing that I do want to bring up before, because we're going to wrap up here in about a minute and a half. Absolutely. Um, there's an elephant in the room, and that is we are part of this association, the Asian Real Estate Association. Are we not part of this problem with affordability if we are uh, helping uh, foreign investors and everything come into the marketplace? And, you know, because I've heard this. You and I get nasty emails and messages from people all the time. Mm-hmm. And they say, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing this, and because of this, my kid can't afford to buy a house. What's your answer to that? That is the perceptions and the anger you've got to you know, vent it somewhere. And as an, as a realtor, it's very easy target. Okay. So I understand that. I understand how the homeowners feels or home buyers feels. However, we cannot uh, grab them, you know, just come to Vancouver or Victoria. You know, Vancouver and Victoria, BC, basically is a beautiful province. Uh, if you want to blame, basically, it's like Expo in 86, 2010 Olympics. Yeah. Who knows about it's, us? And, and the it's, world knew about us then. And it's when we got on the world stage. Well, listen, Tina, thanks for coming online. If people need to get in touch with you in Vancouver, what's the best number to call? 604-412-5860. Yeah. 
404-412-5800. Let's have that again. 604-412-5860. And, uh, Thank what, you for having me, my dear. Yeah, website or email? Your website is? TinaMac.com. Mac is M-A-K, not M-A-C. Great. TinaMac.com. Com and it's bilingual, Chinese and um, English, obviously. Great. And my email is my name two times, tinamac at tinamac.com. Great. Thanks for joining us, Tina. That's the end of That's our show. Be on your show. <laughs> great. End of our show today. So much great information. Uh, we're going uh, to be here for you this time next week. And if you have any questions, just visit our site at cfax1070.com. Chat with you later.